We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees, ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Laker Film Room Podcast and Blue Wire Network. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius. No mic today. And in today's episode, we try to figure out who plays for the Lakers today. Over the last 24 hours, the Lakers have been reported to sign Jamario Jones, an old friend from a couple years back, and then Mason Jones to one of the two-way contracts. We don't know whose two-way contract he's replacing at the time of recording, but also this morning it was reported that both Taylor Horton Tucker and Dwight Howard have cleared COVID protocols. D, they were the first two to go into them. We're trying to make sense of, you know, who and what and, and who's playing right now, and it's difficult, you know, to with such a revolving door to know, you know, what, what is what, but what's your initial reaction just to the, the news of the last 24 hours with the two players added and then THT and Dwight coming back. I think the theme of this episode is reinforcements, right? We don't yet know though, who may be additional guys who are out. This is the part of the day where to pull back the curtain a little bit, we would be messaging each other a bunch about like, is anyone hearing anything about yep. what's going on with the testing yep. around the team, right? Because this is the period of time where we may start to see results coming in from the previous day or folks going into test for that day and starting to get a sense of what's what with things. And so it's great to get reinforcements back. I'll be very interested to see if the team that played in Chicago is the team that's available to play against the Suns today, the day that we're recording. In saying all of that, I like adding, like, Jamario Jones is is like one of those guys in the mold of a Shaundi Brown or a, like, go out there and run around and play defense. He's the guy that I've been talking about. I've been yeah. talking about exactly that kind of guy, and he can rebound his ass off. Yeah, yep. great, great energy guy. So I like that sort of signing. I'm not familiar enough with what Mason's been doing like in like the G League. I know he's been putting up numbers, but I'm not familiar enough to speak to the intricacies of his game. I will be interested to see who 
is replaced on the two-way, if I had to guess, and this is just a guess, it would be Huff, because Huff hasn't been playing at all, even as the Lakers have had so few players available that it's like, well, we need and everyone. A couple of injured, and a couple injured bigs, right? Yeah. AD being out and then Dwight being out. If Huff's not getting run under those circumstances, he's probably not going to get run. When it's all hands on deck and no one is asking for your hands, then <laughs> yes. you may be out of the mix at this point. But we will see. With Dwight and THT, like those are just true positions of need. It'd be great to get Monk back, but the Lakers have guys who are doing Malik Monk things right now. Mm-hmm. Like Isaiah Thomas is doing yep. Malik Monk things. Wayne Ellington, to a certain extent, is doing Malik Monk things. And you still have Russell Westbrook, right, who can eat a lot of minutes in the backcourt. Um, what they don't have is like another wing who could come in and like play some defense and also do some ball handling and and just do wing things like To me, that was one of the things that was missing against the Bulls. Like, I know DeRozan cooked THT the first time that those teams met, but wouldn't it have been nice to, like, be able to put THT on him just for a stretch, right? And and so there's stuff like that where THT is going to help, and I don't think I'm breaking any news here. I prefer Dwight Howard over DeAndre Jordan. And so getting Dwight back and having him available, even if it's just to spare LeBron some of those you were talking Minutes about that yesterday. The center. Mm-hmm. In yesterday's pod, you were talking about like the we we brought up the idea that there are certain things that are beneficial to LeBron in playing at the five that are maybe arguably less taxing. For example, on the offensive end, a lot of his possessions are him standing in the high post and just like standing in one spot and guys cutting and screening and shooters coming off of it and all that. And it was all you know, it's pretty low stress offense for him to just kind of pick who the open guy is. And and go from there. Um, but on the defensive end, you know, we're going into a matchup with DeAndre Ayton tonight. And it's like, yo, how many minutes are we going to ask LeBron to to yeah. play against DeAndre Ayton? You know, he's going to get 18 minutes with DeAndre Ayton on the floor. And so Dwight helps bridge that, right? He helps provide a, a, a physical presence that even if nothing else, and even if we, you know, having nothing to do with the result of tonight's game can help spare LeBron some of that. I think, I think that's super helpful. Well, also too, just having a viable alternative in some of these situations is super important. It's like when AD's out and Dwight's out, it's just like, okay, well, we're either playing LeBron or DeAndre. And if DeAndre is not playing well, then what are you going to do about it? Basically, you're going to call on Huff. They didn't call on Huff. Right. And so there's, there's a, you get to a point where you really have no other options. And if you don't have any other options, then you're just sort of stuck with what's there, right? And I wrote this in my game preview for the game against the Bulls that I felt like up front that the Lakers had enough talent to win. What they did not have was enough talent available so that if one of the guys has a bad game, that you've got a viable alternative to turn to in order to say we still have enough to win the game, right? And that that wasn't the case. And so getting, that's the idea of reinforcements. And with Dwight specifically, that without Anthony Davis, the Lakers are going to have to cobble 48 minutes together at center. They've already established that LeBron is probably going to play 10 minutes or so a game at center, eight, eight to 10, maybe 12, depending. And so 
Now, do you want to boost that up to 16 or 18 minutes? Maybe against the right matchup. I don't think the Suns are necessarily the right matchup, but let's just say even if it is 16 minutes, that's still 32 minutes you need to find at the center position. And without Anthony Davis, you're not going to play DeAndre Jordan 32 minutes. You may not even want to play Dwight 32 minutes, but could you get 25 minutes out of Dwight, 24 minutes out of Dwight, and only eight minutes out of DeAndre? Like, there's an alternative here that you need to have. You need options, and getting guys back are those options. And signing guys to 10-day hardship contracts or finding us an alternative within the two-way market, right? Like those are options too. And so I'm happy to see the Lakers exploring those alternatives because 240 minutes in a game, Pete, and you need to fill them all. And the Lakers are still down a bunch of rotation minutes right now, even with Dwight and THT coming back. And even with Ariza now into the fold, there are still guys that you were depending on to play minutes who aren't there. Yeah, and that's going to be the case for a minute. And even once all of the health and safety protocol stuff clears, we've still got 35 minutes of Anthony Davis to replace. And so I think in some respects, there's this is opportunity for the Lakers uh, to develop a style. I'm, I think having Ariza in the mix just adds a different ingredient for how to approach the five spot. I'm really curious to see how Jamario Jones fits. Again, I don't expect him or Isaiah Thomas to be long-term fits necessarily, but there's sort of an instant chemistry with Isaiah Thomas that I think, you know, we talk a lot about sample size, but I also value the idea of your blink gut instinct, that first impression, how it looks right away, how it jives the first time. And I think I've been talking about a player like Jamario Jones. As soon as I heard the news yesterday, I was like, oh, I love that signing because he, so he's not a guy that's going to provide much in the way of skill, but he's six five, six six, really an, an extraordinary rebounder will come in as one of the best rebounders on the team, which is an area D that honestly, if we just pull down a few more of those, we probably beat the bulls the other night. And that would have been a good win, man. We were right there considering the circumstances. Now they hadn't played in eight days. They were not a well-oiled machine. They had a couple of guys out themselves, but I think that it has some degree of that instant chemistry. And I think that a Jones type of player, even if he's not the guy that persists throughout the year in that type of role, I think that seeing that role filled as a wing that's really active, that can, you know, that can rebound, that can defend a little bit, that can run the floor in transition. I think that we are starting to build more and more, even if accidentally and through injuries toward the style of play that I've been talking about all year. If of all of the games that we watched or of all of the games that we've had this season, I thought that that game against the Bulls stylistically was the closest to what I'd want to see us be. And a lot of it was by, by circumstances. So let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about kind of some of these new guys in the mix and how they fit in the overall lineup construction of the team. Lakers basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself by searching all over the internet to find Lakers tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. I'm excited to see this Lakers squad get out and transition this year, and there's nothing like seeing a great fast-breaking team in person. Visit TickPick.com LFR today 
and use promo code LFR to save $10 on your first order of Lakers tickets. Are you looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic? Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code FILMROOM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FILMROOM. So along with Jamario Jones, I want to talk about Ariza's return Again, in context of a broader view, you mentioned replacing AD. You're not going to play Dwight Howard the other 36 minutes per game, right? Dwight's probably a high teens, low 20s type of player. And that leaves a decent amount of minutes left over between whatever, however far you want to extend the LeBron at the five minutes alongside him. You still have some minutes to fill. What are your thoughts on Ariza being in that mix? In in that, like, we've got the Ariza Mello combination. I... I've seen enough of DeAndre Jordan to like, I don't think DeAndre Jordan is the answer to whatever basketball question you have, like 99.9 times out of a hundred. He's going to have some good shifts sometimes. And there are times where he's filled in and we've been like, oh, DJ looks spry here and there. But I think the idea of us relying on him is, I don't think that that ends in a good place, even in, in, in a temporary stopgap position is an Ariza Mello or is, is using those guys at that five spot. Is that doable to fill some of those minutes that we will need to fill, even if Dwight plays a decent number of minutes? I mean, it depends, honestly, man. There are like, who is the matchup? If you tell me who the matchup is, then I can start to give you a better well, answer. That's, that's a great, that's a great point because the yes or no of this will depend on who we're yeah. going up against. So let's go tonight. You got JaVale McGee as yes. the backup five for the Phoenix Suns. I think yes for a guy like McGee. Like, I think that you can play a guy like Ariza or Mello on him. Now, the machinations of that are much different than what we've seen Frank Vogel do with smaller lineups at the five. What Vogel has still done is, is he still played drop coverages. Yeah. He has switched less when it's his center. What Vogel's done in switching is he's done, he's been switching more one through four and in four or five combinations, right? And so if you're the quote unquote power forward, he trusts you to switch onto point guards in theory. And if there is a big man to big man exchange, he might trust those two guys to switch. What he's not been doing a lot of is saying, well, you're my center and we are going to voluntarily bring you out of the paint. And so it's going to be tricky because you're not going to run no roller behind or drop coverages against JaVale McGee when Carmelo Anthony or Trevor Ariza is defending him. That That's a free is, two points. Yes. yes, that is asking for a lob. 
is asking for JaVale to dunk on your head, right? That's right. JaVale's going to dunk on your head if that's DeAndre Jordan in yep. no roller behind schemes, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that if you switch more and you tell JaVale McGee like, hey, JaVale, here's your shot, bro. We know you love we know you love a good ISO post up every once in a while. We saw you for a few years. <laughs> you love these chances, right? And so it's more about mitigating those advantages and then leveraging your own strengths. Then if you can string together some stops and you can rotate and do this, this, that, and the other, Ariza and Mello aren't the combination that are going to be like LeBron that are like, oh, we're getting out and we're racing the floor and we're finishing at the basket. What they will do, though, is they will fan out. They will run to the three three-point line and they will make you match up with them in transition and early offense. And if Russ is the guy that is handling the ball there, that's the time where Russ is going to get driving angles and kick out passes to Mello, kick out passes to Ariza, kick out passes. Potentially, if THT is in there with him, then THT is going to be doing the same thing. And now you've potentially got a Russ, THT, I don't know, man, Wayne or Jamario Jones or and then Mello and Ariza, and it's sort of just like, okay, we've cobbled something together here where we're spacing the floor, we're hopefully scrambling on defense, gang rebounding, yada, 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 right? But there's a lot of little things the Lakers need to do right in those lineups that they have not shown a proclivity to do this season. That said, Ariza is a little things guy. So maybe he can bring some of that to the table in those groups. But I'd be more skeptical against a different type of big man who can punish on the backboards, who can get in the post a little bit and force a double team and draw some help. So what do you think, though, about that? Yeah, no, I think you put it perfectly that there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And if you're, you know, running your no roller behinds with a JaVale and asking Carmelo Anthony or Trevor Reza to backpedal and then jump off of a backpedal and deflect a pass, like that's, JaVale's going to eat on that all day. But if you do keep guys in front, then that's something that I, I think is very much uh, plausible. And I think part of that is made by the return of a THT and Russell Westbrook and having those bigger players that THT's more of a wing this year than a, than a guard, but ball handlers who are big enough to switch. I think that that lineup that you were talking about with a Russ and a THT um, – now, Mello is a guy you have to cover for in a number of ways, but Ariza, like having some length and bigger wings, I think is what, like if you're going to go, to go small at the five, you have to have size at other positions. And I do think that we have enough of that to do that effectively. But again, it's about playing defenses that keep defenders in front of you. Now, with respect to what kind of big is going to be is that going to be problematic against i actually think that it's we saw with porzingis for example porzingis was hugely problematic to our lebron five groups i think that with ariza mellow guys that a big like physical guy like a strong guy is is more problematic even than somebody who can go over the top now obviously there are some guys that are able to do both and so for example if we have DeAndre Ayton that we're going up against in this game that neither of those guys are going to uh, be able to keep him off of the boards that said I think that 
what you're talking about, the ability to spread teams out on the other end of the floor, having a, and this is why I think Ariza is a significant figure in our big man rotation right now, which is funny because I remember Trevor Ariza as a floor running wing player in his first, you know, uh, stint with the Lakers. It's crazy how much the game has changed. But I think at this point of his career, he's a four or five specifically on this Lakers team that doesn't have a lot at the five position. I think that the the reason why your JaVale McGee's have not been able to stay on the floor much during the playoffs is the inability to defend the perimeter. And so having somebody who can space the floor credibly to either corner, to either wing, and still provide some of the big man stuff, I think that right now, basically it comes down to this. If Trevor Ariza can contribute at the 4-5 spot, if he can be a 4-5 for us rather than just a strict, pretty much just a 4 I think that we are going to find that out during this stretch of games right here, that this is the time to do that. So I do you see like I'm curious your thoughts on, on the Bulls game and just without AD really the Minnesota game went that went off the rails as soon as AD went down. So we're just talking about one game here, but there is a a pop and a flow and a and a rhythm to how we played in that game. Like LeBron and AD were cutting off of each other so so well. LeBron and Russ. Uh, LeBron and or, Russ. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. LeBron and Russ were cutting so well off of each other in that game, and part of that was like it was a really well spaced floor. Chicago doesn't have a rim protector the way that a, a Phoenix will, and some of the other teams that will face this week, right? But the spacing and flow and, and rhythm of that game, we didn't have the guys to quite pull off the win, but I I thought that that looked like what it's supposed to to look like. Did you see anything similar or was it, was that just a a weird LA fitness, you know, playing with the guys that we just picked up type of game? I think it's probably a little bit of both because there wasn't a lot of continuity with the players themselves, but you did have several players on the court who just know how to play. And Ariza is one of those guys who you can slide into pretty much any lineup and he's going to look effective, right? Like his first made basket was a a three in which Rondo set sort of an improvised flare screen for him. Ball goes over the top to Ariza, corner three, he buries it, right? And so there's a certain amount of do you have the ball movement and do you have the players who are going to cut and move enough? and If there's progress that's been made within the Lakers offense over the last, I don't know, two and a half, three weeks, it's been more cutting with purpose, I think, and understanding of where you want to cut to and why, right? And so there's just been more of that that I think has been helpful to grease the wheels within the Lakers offense. And Nowhere has that been more evident, I think, than in the lineups where there's no big on the floor at all, where LeBron is the biggest dude, because LeBron is a cheat code on offense. He can play in any spot on the floor and effectively help facilitate a good shot, either for himself or a teammate. And so they've been parking him at the elbow. He's been throwing these nifty little back cut passes. They ran a nice little set the other day with LeBron at the elbow. And they ran like like a split cut on the weak side where Russ came like he was going to set a flare screen. Flare and, screen then, and then dove to the basket. And then yeah. dove to, to the basket, flashed right into the open space. He beat Lonzo and Lonzo's a really good defender. And so you could tell that they're the Lakers are starting to use the tendencies of 
their players against other teams, which is yeah. what you want to see within smart concepts, right? It's one thing to have a smart concept. It's another thing to sort of bait and switch opponents like that. It, like the Warriors have done that a ton by using Steph as a diver off of that split cut rather than just having him pop out to the three-point line, right? Because everyone pops, like everyone thinks Steph is going to pop and then now he's cutting back door and it's just like, oh, well, he's got a layup now. And you see that enough times and it's just like, okay, well, I don't know where I'm going to be now. Like you have to be super, super aware. So I'm, I'm encouraged by what they can do with these smaller lineups, I don't think you're just like seeing what you want to see with some of this stuff because I know that we're all looking for answers. We're all sure. we're all actively also wanting our answers to sort our of be a little bit yes. more right, right? Like, <laughs> yep. like, like I think what you're talking about is smart, but you know what I'm talking about, right? It's There's really always smart. a little bit yeah. of that. Right? There's <laughs> sure, always a little sure. bit of that with everyone. We're, none of us are immune from that, Pete. I do think that cobbling it all together is there's steps there that I think the team can take. How about we take one last break though, because I do want to sort of get into this upcoming stretch, not only against the Suns, but like AD's gone for a while. And now there's a certain amount of habits that can be built that are going to matter for the short term, but also applying some of those to the long term as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, Pete, the Lakers are going to be a fundamentally different team now. 
without AD. He is one of their three stars. You can't, he was one of the pillars that this team was built around, right? Um, And they are now going to have to find center minutes and LeBron and Dwight and maybe some DeAndre, maybe some Ariza, just, just like we saw before. Give me one thing, two things, three things that you think are going to be super important over this four-week, six-week stretch without Anthony Davis that you think can facilitate also strong play in the short term, but also like grease the wheels for him for a smooth transition back into the lineup because they can't be a fundamentally different team now and then say, oh, now we're switching again because Anthony Davis is coming back in a month potentially. I I love the way you framed this question because I think that there's both this short-term need of figuring out how to play without Anthony Davis and a long-term how to how do we identify the natural style of this team and have Anthony Davis fit within it that I think that there's synergy here that we can capture if if we're careful. One of the things before AD went down, one of the growing storylines I've thought is the idea that AD is tired. Again, we keep referencing uh, the backstage Lakers and you know Phil Handy had made a comment that they were shortening uh, they were looking to shorten AD's shifts because he was tired from his role and from the that the idea D that the asks of him had gone up because he was playing the five spot more, and so that led to a degree of progressive fatigue that was c- contributing to his play. Now, I agree with the notion that the idea that pinning a bunch of stuff on AD was kind of silly, like, but I like. 85% agree with it. There's like 15% of me that has thought that AD's when AD is not good, he plays with a degree of lethargy that's really that's really problematic for this team in particular. Some teams can play slow, some teams can play without a lot of tempo. But when we do that, we have a lot of guys who are inclined to stand around and we make a lot of recognition mistakes when we're slow. We've talked a lot this year about the idea of tempo and playing with pace, but – and that idea not – being entirely reflected in we're going to have 110 possessions a game or something like that but just a certain pop and snap and and crispness to how you play that when ad has been at his worst this year it's been a very going through the motions kind of casualness with the ball where the intensity level of the player across from him is higher than his own and i think that when your stars play that way even subconsciously everybody kind of follows their lead including some of the other stars and sometimes there's a push and pull of that that does not describe all of ad's season but i do think that that's been part of the, of a broader story in his absence I think we're going to play with a lot more of that. Like one of the great things about those LeBron groups has been they've played exactly that way. There's been a we're looking to attack you from the beginning and we're going to launch multiple attacks on the rim. It's not going to be we're going to run a bunch of clock and then throw the ball to AD with eight seconds left on the clock without ever really launching a credible attack on the defense before that point. We don't have a lot of those possessions with this current group. And so I think that this is an opportunity to find the natural pace and tempo and spacing of this team. Now, 
AD's three ball, we'll see what happens with his jumper going forward. But even so, the ability to space the floor, floor prop, properly, you can do that without a, a stretch five, right? You can do that without a guy that has any capability from there with spread pick and rolls, with setting good off-ball screens. And, and so the tempo and spacing of this team, I've talked so much about that coming up to this point. There are fewer obstacles in the way if I have to take a real silver lining you know there's nothing like overall it's bad that Anthony Davis is out of course right but I do think that we have an that going from this slow too big lineup at the beginning of the season to the complete opposite extreme I don't think this is where we need to live nor will we live once AD comes back but I think that the dial being turned like almost forced to turn in this direction is going to be good for us long term. So I see some synergy between how we survive now. That's the best version of our team is the LeBron at the five, the smaller groups. That's the best. Like it's not going to be the answer for every game, but it's the best thing that we are right now. But I also think that long term that has benefit to to kind of if AD can rejoin us at that pace and at that kind of crispness, I think it would be very beneficial to the team. Well, what I would say, too, man, is that. AD is such a gifted player. There's no one really on the team that approximates him as an individual. But AD is such a shapeshifter, he can approximate other players on the roster because he is that good. Right. He's a wing defender today. Right. And so one of the things that I'd love for AD to be able to do is sort of like look at the LeBron at the five minutes and be like, what can I do from my game? What do they need? I love that. Yeah. Okay. LeBron's playing the five. He's the lone big on the floor. What's he doing that is successful? These are things that I can do, too. And then I'd love for him to be like, oh, Dwight Howard is on the floor. I can play like Dwight Howard. I'm freaking Anthony Davis. What are the things that Dwight Howard is doing that is helping to facilitate good possessions, both offensively and defensively for this team? And can I do some of that stuff, right? Because AD is such a, he is such a talent that finding ways to optimize him, I don't think the Lakers have done a very good job of that this year at all. They've looked to him to be the optimizer of others and not looked, and not That's look. part of the problem when you're a shapeshifter, right? You still have your natural tendencies, the things that you're naturally best at. But when you have that type of versatility, in some ways, that becomes what's asked of you from the team is to fill the holes that other guys cannot. Yes. And so it's just like, hey, AD, stretch, space the floor for LeBron and Russell Westbrook. Meanwhile, we're going to run 80% of the possessions for you to either dive or post up against defenses that are not respecting Russell Westbrook and LeBron James as jump shooters, right? And so, like, we're asking you to be the guy who opens up things for others and not necessarily ever finding ways to open up the floor for you as much, right? Now, AD, I agree with everything you said about, like, the lethargy stuff, and so he needs to find a way to sort of, like, internally say, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up and he was well on his way to doing that in the second half against the Timberwolves um which is ironic right because in the first half he did look like the guy where Carl yeah, Towns, Towns was taking it to him well, yeah. Towns's motor was on a scale of one to ten it was on 18 right <laughs> mic'd up on national tv yeah, yeah. and yeah. ad's was like at four yeah and so the difference was so large that it's just like it looked like you were I don't know man like speeding up a highlight within a still frame and you're just like like this is sort of shaking like what's going on here anyways 
I'd love for AD, though, to sort of pick out and find ways that he can do, like, the little things first to help his integration back because I think that that's what the Lakers are going to need from him. And I also think those are the things that the, the roster is best suited to provide at this point from the big guys that are there, right? LeBron is obviously not a little things guy, but he does a lot of those things when he's a center, right? And Dwight is going to do a lot of that stuff. And there is, if there's one thing I've been happy with with Dwight this year, it has been that energy and that effort that he's been playing with on on most nights. Is the athleticism the same? It's not. Is the quickness there? It's not, right? And so there's stuff where you wish he was popping more athletically, but none of that is effort-based. It's all like, what can your body give? I think that that defining of how the Lakers are going to play is super important because AD is good enough to then say, I can do those things too. He can play a little bit like LeBron. He won't, he'll never be LeBron, but he can like, oh, I can post up. I can go to the glass. I can play in drop coverage. I can do this. I can do that. I can bring the ball up sometimes. I can grab and go, yada, yada, yada. On defense, he can do all of that stuff and more. And then related to Dwight Howard, he can do all of the stuff that Dwight can do on both sides of the floor. And so there will be models for him, I think, that will serve the team well if this team can find their stride together as a group right now with this version that they're going to have available. If I could present an alternate, a a third option to that as well, I think there's a possibility that AD ends up fitting around a LeBron five group and LeBron stays keeping and LeBron keeps the same type of defensive responsibilities and it allows AD to absorb those less to be on the perimeter more to play the type of defense that he prefers to play. Now, the question at at the core of that is how much are you taxing LeBron in yeah. the process of doing that? And that's conversation with LeBron, with Mike Mancius, right? With all the people involved in in maintaining his body. So that's something that if if that's a non-starter, it is what it is. But I think that if we can get a little traction, again, I just want us to get like 10 to 15 games together with the same ish group. Yeah. And just to get our legs under us, like what are we? What kind of momentum can we build in? And what we are cannot be a fully formed version of ourselves without Anthony Davis, but we can make some of that progress. And I think that there's a version of the future where AD slides into Trevor Ariza's role or a Carmelo Anthony role, obviously not off the bench, but in those same types of lineups, you're talking about like, can I be LeBron? Can I be Dwight Howard? This answer can also be, can I be Trevor Ariza or Carmelo Anthony in those groups and and play that four spot? And is that what the natural defensive identity is of this team? Is LeBron at that five spot able to win those physical battles, able to play that Draymond five type of coverage and call out the coverages? And Anthony Davis is more of a weapon now on the perimeter. And now he's rim running because he's not under the basket. And LeBron's getting the rebound and throwing those beautiful hierarching passes down court. You know what I mean? So there's a a few different versions of this. All right. So we got got the Suns tonight. Got a couple of guys back. Uh, We're still theorizing on what it looks like without Anthony Davis. Uh, I hope the guys compete tonight. The birth of the LeBron at the five lineups with this team is kind was kind of against Phoenix a couple times toward the end of the playoffs last year and then in the second game of the season this year. So curious to see uh, how that works when they're not up by 30. Uh, and I, I, But I'd like to see us compete tonight, D, even though I don't, I don't have expe- expectations of a win. I want to see us come out and fight. Just play hard tonight, guys. Yep. Like, I mean, that's really all... 
that that there is. I understand that there's a lot of challenges that are going on with the team right now. And there's always a baseline of grace I try to provide these guys in general. That's just my nature is sort of a fan and whatever, the the empathetic Darius as a fan. But big picture, you still want them to go out there and play hard and see where that gets you. It may not get get you a win, but you will be a better team than the one that came in as when you're looking in the mirror, right? And and that's what they need to do. And I think Ariza made similar comments after the Bulls game. And so keep up that sort of idea yep. of go out there and compete, give and and give your best effort because that's what competition is. So go out there and get it. That's right. Looking forward to the guys tonight. Glad we got uh, some reinforcements in the mix. We'll be back tomorrow. Everybody send their best wishes to Mike. I just saw he tweeted out that he's in health and safety protocols. So uh, send our guy Mike some love. Hopefully he'll be back soon. We'll be back tomorrow to cover the game. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's, There's the move. Two. Listen. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes! And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.